0: It's the Burns Basement Podcast, hosted by Mitch Breen and Evan Stevens, managed by Jake Burns himself. We got everything you'd ever want in a podcast. We got literature, we got movies, literary devices, and the cost of college. Stay tuned for more in... The Burns Basement Podcast! For our first segment, Mitch and Evan would like to detail the differences between their favorite films and their corresponding literature. Thank you, Jake. As you probably already know, Evan and I are big fans of literature. Nothing thrills us more than when a good adaptation of our favorite book
1: hits the big screen. That is true. I love when books turn into movies, you know, Mitch. I just get excited when, they, when I see him on the list in the newspaper.
0: Me too, Evan. So tonight, I think we'd first like to open by talking about one of our favorite books, the Harry Potter series. Yep. Obviously a huge fan of huge both fan the books
1: of, and the movies. Almost up there with the Percy Jackson series. Close maybe enough. even the Close series enough. of unfortunate events.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Later on that. More on that later. All right. So first, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. I'm jumping part two? Jumping right to the, the end, end of the Harry the Potter end. series. So, obviously, uh, Harry Potter, seven wonderful books, and the movies, eight amazing movies. But, at the end of the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Harry breaks the Elder Wand in half. But in the book... He uses the Elder Wand, which Evan, as you
1: know, is the most powerful wand th- it, in existence. He also throws it off the bridge, though. Yes, but
0: before he does that in the book, he uses it to fix his own wands, and yeah. then returns it to Dumbledore's grave. Now, I remember seeing this in theaters, Evan, and I was completely shocked that Harry would snap the most powerful wand of all time. You know, I mean, he had already disarmed Voldemort. He had, de- he had defeated Voldemort,
1: his lifelong enemy, and now he just got rid of the Elder Wands. I mean, you know why he did that, though? Why, Evan? I heard it, that he put it in the grave because... He really doesn't want um. Oh, he doesn't want anyone else to find. He doesn't want to create a new Voldemort. Yeah, All he right. doesn't want anyone else to use it. But oh, once yeah. Harry Potter dies, no one's getting that thing. mm mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh, something else that kind of irked me throughout uh, the Harry Potter series was Dumbledore's full backstory was never really revealed in the movies. Uh, in the books, there was a lot of t- maybe obviously because there's a lot more time and uh, length in the books compared yeah. to an hour and a-, a two-hour movie. But in the books, uh, there was a lot of detail of Dumbledore's relationship with. Uh, Gellert Grindelwald and the tragedy of his sister Ariana, which is never even touched upon in the movies, which is a little disappointing for yeah, me as a fan of the books. So, what was the difference between the books and movies that you encountered in the Harry Potter series? You know, I was a big fan
1: of the first couple of books and movies, not so the end ones, you know, I kind of got sick of them as they went on. But okay, okay. In the first book, as yes, I read it when I was in about third grade, maybe fourth grade, it showed um, the classic hat at the beginning of the movie. when The sorting hat, yeah, yes. Yeah, when course. they. um. When they choose, the hat chooses for them what houses they're about to, you know, embark on in their, uh, four years or five at, uh... Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, of course. But, um, in the book, it specifically points out how the the hat sings when they, when it chooses what, um, what, uh, faction, if you will, uh, they join, but, um... In the movie, it's just talking, and it kind of—I
0: completely missed that, Evan. You're it right. It kind
1: of was just talking, and I was like, where, Why isn't this thing singing?"
0: I wonder if the directors felt that singing in that scene, if the scene in the movie, would have been out of place. Yeah, and it, obviously, in the books, if you sing in the books, I mean, no one's hearing it.
1: It was a yeah. It was a catalyst to just a great, a great uh, series. Great of Harry series Potter. in general.
0: Awesome. Uh, now, Evan, I know that one of your favorite characters in all of the world of Harry Potter was Peeves, the mis- the mischievous yes. uh, Hogwarts poltergeist. And
1: I in know... Dolby, of course.
0: Of course. But I know how outraged, I must say, you were that Peeves was completely tossed aside in the movies. I mean, obviously his role in the books was not very uh, impactful to the events of the series, but he was always a nice comic relief in yes. the books. And he, he he wasn't even acknowledged in the movies at all. And uh, Peeves the poltergeist, I mean, to me, he was one of my favorite side characters. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, another character left out was Charlie Weasley. And I I know how much of a Ron yeah, fan Charlie, you are. Team yeah, Ron. Team Ron. Uh, he wasn't even in the books. I mean, in the movies, wasn't excuse me. He not in the movies, at all. Even the movies at all. Not even a scene. All right. Now, another one of your... I know your favorite books and movie series. The easily. Trilogy. Easily. Your favorite trilogy of all time, I must yeah. say. Uh, the Hunger Games. Yes. All right. Now, what was one difference that you saw between The Hunger Games books and movies, Evan?
1: I'll take the mic here, Mitch. But, it. um... What like uh in the first Hunger Games or the, the, the first um if you say, like hunger games you could say, uh they had. Is. Um Katniss actually, you know, she was working solo at the beginning. She didn't really see PETA yet. But um she she uh, had that plan to uh fire her arrow on the app to hit the apple when it was on top of all the resources that the the three um in the cornucopia yeah in the
0: cornucopia, the yeah, in the cornucopia.
1: There, yeah. well it was kind of like stacked around the cornucopia
0: uh-huh.
1: and um she she shot the apple right and it landed on the mines that was actually created from the kid from district 3 he wasn't really named but he ended up dying um he would he took the mines from the actual starting places that they would they would uh, have at the beginning of the Hunger Games he took those mines and create and took them out of the thing because if the mines would go off if you left early when the countdown went, so they would immediately die basically if you violated the uh, rule, so he takes those mines out of the starting place and puts them into the grass, and it creates like a land almost like a landmine around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. around this all these resources. Katniss shoots the apple with her arrow. The apple rolls down, and a huge explosion happens. Katniss actually, in the book, it. Uh, it touches on how she she loses uh hearing in her left ear and she goes out the rest of hunger games with uh a loss of hearing in her left ear but but in the movie, it's really not depicted well it, you see her at the in the end at the um getting worked on, but they never really describe how. She lost her hearing in her left ear.
0: That's crazy to me because that's a huge disadvantage in the Hunger Games. I mean, not having, I mean, think about how many people are trying to kill you. Exactly. If you need both hearing in both ears, I mean, unbelievable. Now, Burns, have you read the Hunger Games books? Yes. Yes. Now, would you say that one of the most important elements of the book series was the character development? I agree with that very much. Exactly. So, you would definitely agree when I say that the movies just really did a poor job of demonstrating the character development of Peta Mallark, uh, for sure. I mean, in the books, Peta was, his whole backstory was carried out with his family, uh, his his life as the son of a breadmaker. maker. Um, his whole backstory led up, led up to his from uh, romantic relationship with Katniss. But in the movies, it kind of obviously, I mean, with the time constraints, they just skipped right through that. They kind of forced them together. They forced a love triangle between Gale, Katniss, and Peta. And you're really kind of force that relationship on the audience. So I think that's just, I mean, obviously the development in a book is going to be better. In yes. in in every in almost every instance, the book is always better than the movies, in our opinion. But it was definitely, there definitely could have been a little more uh, character development in the movies, I believe. Now, uh, before we end this segment, we just got to say, I mean, Evan, Harry Potter, books or movies?
1: I got to go, I got to go books for the first books? three. Okay. Fourth one, I'm going movie. Oh,
0: per- yeah. And then, Goblet of Fire, and
1: great one. And then I'm going uh, books for the rest.
0: All right. I can agree with that. I think uh, I think all those are pretty accurate. Yeah. And Hunger Games?
1: Hunger Games, movie first one, movie second one, book. The book third one, third.
0: for sure. Third one, last two movies were a little rush for the Hunger Games. Yeah, a little but, rush. All right. But, just, but they got them done. That's our segment. Uh, all that chatter about books and movies has our two hosts yearning to pick apart the literary devices within their favorite films. Wow, Jake, I could feel that excitement coming off you when you said that sentence.
1: Yeah, I could too, and I was just gonna be ready for the segment.
0: Thank you, Evan. Now, as you know, Evan and I and Burns were all big fans of our studies on literary devices throughout this school year. Yes. Evan Burns and I all have great knowledge pertaining to literary devices, and one of our new favorite hobbies has been spotting these literary devices in the movies that we watch. Now, for the first movie that I'm going to discuss in this segment, I have chosen The Shawshank Redemption, a movie I have watched over quarantine. So, one literary device in Shawshank Redemption was the foreshadowing, which is something that we discussed extensively in class.
1: It's a classic.
0: In, in the movie, when the warden tells Andy that salvation lies within while inspecting his Bible with, unknown to the warden, the rock hammer hidden inside, this foreshadows Andy's escape as the salvation that lies within is the hammer, obviously, yep. inside of the book. Another example of foreshadowing in the movie was Red's thoughts of suicide, which are foreshadowed by his seeing Brooks etching on the wall of his room in the halfway house. Evan, what's another example of a literary device that you saw in one of the movies you watched over quarantine?
1: Well, you know, I had to revisit Forrest Gump over quarantine, just an instant classic. Can't Great go film. Wrong with it. You know... The first thing I saw was when uh, Forrest was sitting on the bench next to a stranger trying to start a little conversation. He pulls out a box of chocolates and goes, he says something around, he said he can eat a million, million of these, meaning the chocolates. Of course. Which is obviously a little hyperbole, a little exaggeration. No one one can eat a million pieces of chocolate, Evan. But then... Well,
0: maybe Silveria, but besides that, I don't know. Maybe Silveria
1: on a Tuesday. Maybe. Maybe. But, um... Want we'll to get his opinion later on um but then he also proceeds to say that uh a quote that his mom used to tell him that um life was like a box is life a sorry life is no like a box of chocolates which is obviously a simile and a little comparison you know um comparing those life to a box of chocolates and, yeah, that's, a, that's all I got on Forrest Gump.
0: Thanks, Evan. I'm
1: just going to do a quick jump back to Shawshank Redemption.
0: Just talk about some allusions in the film, which yeah. are alluding to various actresses, such as Rita Hayworth and Raquel Welch, allusions to the Bible, allusions to literature, such as The Count of Monte Cristo, which is a movie about prison, which is quite ironic, considering they are in Shawshank Prison. Yep. Yeah. Now, another movie that I absolutely adored over quarantine, Evan and I both, was Interstellar. Definitely. Now, one of the many would agree one of the greatest films of the 21st century. Jake Uh, Jake Burns marvels at the film. Some symbolism is Cooper's watch, which is Cooper's gets of a watch to his daughter Murph in their tear-drinking goodbye scene. Evan, I know that that pulled a tear out of you. I mean, mean, it's okay okay to admit it.
1: But if you want it to be like, yeah. Yeah,
0: but you know, this scene symbolizes, and the watch symbolizes their connection across time. Murph leaves the watch untouched in her bedroom for so many years, which represents her desire to remain detached from her father's painful memory, as if you have seen the film, you would know that Cooper went into space in search of a new planet for Earth to live on. But when she ultimately, ultimately returns to her room to retrieve the watch, it coincides with her breakthrough realization that her father is communicating to her from another dimension. And this also relates to the scene earlier in the movie, When Murph says, right before her father leaves, Murph says, I don't want you to be my ghost, which is quite ironic, another literary device, as Cooper, her father, literally becomes her ghost from a different dimension and haunts her, I just like quote unquote haunts her in the future, which only demonstrates and symbolizes their unbreakable connection throughout time and space. One final example of literary devices within movies something that in a, is in a movie that we've already touched upon. The Hunger Games, of course. Evan. Of course. Of course. So, in The Hunger Games, there was some foreshadowing early on when Rue failed to make it to the meeting point that she and Katniss had agreed to, which was a warning to Katniss that something had gone wrong. And Evan, as we know, it does not end well for Rue in it, The Hunger it Games. It really
1: does It was a tra- tragedy that would happen to Rue, but what happens, happens. There's
0: also some uh, an example of... The, uh, the climax in the film which is something that even though it's not a literary device necessarily we did talk about the components that make up a story with the climax being the turning point the climax in the hunger games was when caddis and pita are about to eat the night lock at the end of the games which was just an unreal scene to see play out on the big screen with that being said that is our segment on literary devices within movies and we are excited to continue our podcast as our viewers know, nothing excites Mitch and Evan more than debating the benefits and drawbacks of college, the implications of costs on one's college decisions, and what the
1: future looks like for people with college degrees. That is definitely true, Jake. Mitch, you want to go first on that? Thank
0: you, Jake. Uh, as incoming seniors, nothing is more important to Evan and I, and Burns right now, Maybe, than our yeah. college decisions. Yeah. But many people are aware of the heavy debate of whether college is worth it or not especially relating to today's economy. Yes. Now, earning a college degree is one of the most expensive investments Americans can make. Each year, Evan, millions of students pay thousands of dollars and take on piles of debt with the understanding that their investment will pay off. Now, Evan, I know you have two older siblings, so you are obviously aware of the debt that comes with sending multiple children to college. Yes, yeah, so
1: I do have two older siblings that actually have graduated college. I got one, he graduated college around maybe two, three maybe four years ago at this point. I don't know, he's getting old. My sister is, you know, a recent graduate of the University of Massachusetts Amherst this year, 2020, class 2020. She just graduated in the spring, um, but she couldn't have it, of course, because of, course. of, because of COVID-19.
0: Now, Evan, during the 1978-1979 school year, were you aware that it cost the modern equivalent of $17,680 per year to attend a private college? and eight thousand two hundred and fifty dollars per year to attend a public college. But by two thousand eight, two thousand nine school year, these costs had grown to thirty eight thousand seven hundred and twenty dollars a average. year on average at private oh, colleges yeah. and sixteen thousand four hundred and sixty dollars at public colleges. That's these numbers have increased by almost three times the amount that they were simply forty
1: years ago. I mean Which is crazy.
0: It's crazy because even the education that in my opinion, the education that you're getting now light years ahead of what you were getting back then. I mean the- Yes,
1: yes, it definitely is more advanced now. But um, is it worth the money?
0: Is it worth the money? I mean the cost of increased by let me do some quick calculations here. Twenty five percent excuse me, twenty five point three percent of private colleges. And about or 32. T- Of course. And about twenty nine point eight percent of public colleges. But in my opinion, in my opinion, you yep. might have a different one, earning a college degree remains a strong investment. In 2018, college graduates earned weekly wages that were 80% higher than those of high school graduates, and the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that Americans with a bachelor's degree have median weekly earnings of 1173 compared to just $712 a week for those who have a high school diploma. And I mean, the numbers don't lie here. Having a college degree is a far greater advantage than a high school degree in the job market today
1: yes i do agree with that in some cases but there's also the other side of the story with going into the trades which is a very uh it's not looked down upon but it's not it's not as common as it was back in the day obviously but since many people just go to college for the uh social you know the social experience instead of the actual educational purposes that they should be going to but um so all these kids are want to go to college even though they may not have a place in college for Mm -hmm. them when they should be going in the trade. And now that no kids really want to go in the trade these days, they're getting good money.
0: I mean, we definitely live in a society now where uh, going to college has just become something that everyone feels pressured to do. it's a must It's a a must now. I mean, even if they know that they can succeed in the trade, in a specific trade of their choosing right away, so many kids feel pressured by uh, social norms and peer pressure to go to college.
1: it's a social thing.
0: But I think not many people consider uh, the implications of student loans you know that evan today uh this year there was a record 1.56 trillion dollars in student loan debt
1: yes definitely. i mean that's unreal Yeah, my, i got two siblings you know going through a uh, little student debt issues right now but um i mean my brother was lucky enough to have connections to get a very well-paying job right out of high, not, or not high school I'm sorry college. Right out of college and he he's able to pay these off but um yeah, it's it's a struggle. His it's friends, a struggle. his friends touch upon it sometimes. It's it yeah. really it really takes away from living.
0: Exactly. Now that kind of leads us to our next discussion relating to this topic, about uh, choosing which school you want to go to. Yes. Because I mean, a lot obviously now we live in a society where name brand schools dominate. Everyone wants to go to yes. an of League school, a school with a pop out name that they can or, get the bragging or, rights or to. A good football team. Or, or exactly, they base it off those things instead of what school is best for them. Yes. Now, small, small versus large. In my opinion. I must say I have fallen victim to the uh, allure of big name schools As of, uh, I feel like a lot it's very hard to avoid, but I think that a lot of people have to consider if I were to go to this school, can I come out of the school with a degree and that's worth not, the money that's worth the money am i can I come out of the school with a minimal amount of student debt that I'll have to be worrying about for the next fifteen twenty 30 years. I mean, that's a huge decision that people have to make cuz a lot of kids you see them they have a choice to go to the $70,000 a year school, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or or another school worth 40k. Say so they get 10k off. I mean, these decisions, it's a smaller school, it might be less known, but these are the decisions that kids prospective students have to take into account before they make their decision. because a lot of kids are falling victim to the trap of, of student loan debt.
1: Yes, yeah, just neat it's it... People do it in all instances of life, you know? Even name-brand clothing, you know? people. You see people wearing Nike just because of the, the check on the shorts, you know? Mm-hmm. It happens in all aspects of life.
0: It is true that some of the most successful people in the world today didn't even go to college. I mean...
1: Yes, you see... Steve uh,
0: Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, these people were dropping out, starting but, their own businesses.
1: Yes, but I feel like those people have a little a little extra... I mean, Mark Zuckerberg was a Harvard uh, student, but he just of dropped out. So he's obviously more superior in the intellect than uh, others, uh, the, the common person.
0: Well, you, Evan, were you aware that 28% of students drop out before they even become a sophomore?
1: Yes, I actually was aware that uh, a teacher I know in middle school touched upon that subject for me. And, you know, it shocked me. It, um, it really did.
0: I mean, one of the st- top reasons that students drop out is because of money. It's not the high tuition bills, though. Many students work while going to school, but they find it too difficult to balance their responsibilities. In fact, Evan, only 31% of those setting money as their main reason for dropping out did so because of high tuition rates. 54% said that they dropped out because they couldn't balance work and school. I mean, if you're going to school for a good education, doing something like this and just choosing to uh, drop out because you can't balance your work and school should not be a pressure that you yeah. face while achieving the highest form of American education. And that's, that's something that kind of angers me because students should not be feeling just stressed out when they're already at top-tier university. shouldn't have to worry about these things. Yes,
1: but uh, another uh, little topic on this is that a little side I take is should, should you be um going to these universities if you can't afford them? Exactly. The so
0: many kids are falling into that trap.
1: If if you're if you can afford a seventy thousand dollar college per year, which is just absurd, outrageous, go for it. I mean, I think it'd be worth it if it's a top five percent school, especially you're probably gonna come out of it if you have connect, some sort of connections with. I'm sure you would do would have if you uh come out of a top five percent school um you will probably be able to uh find a job or some sort but if if you cannot afford that and uh but you you have the intelligence to go to a a big name school i don't know if it's worth it if you can go to your state school because you're still going to get a college degree it's just a name
0: exactly now it's something that uh, i really hope a lot of our fellow students in our entire school really I really hope that they listen to this podcast and uh, take some of these ideas to thought because this is something that they should be considering because it literally does directly impact them yes, and their futures. It changes futures. lives. It, it changes, changes lives. You know kids, kids they get out of college, they have a very large amount of debt and that just sets them on a bad they, path. They're, they're stressed, they're struggling to pay it back. They're not motivated. I mean, you guys got to understand, at the end of the day, you're not doing it for the name, you're not doing it for the people, you're doing it for yourself. Yes. Well, that's a segment on the cost of college and its implications and on students, and uh, it's increased over the past 20, 30 years. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed that, and we're excited to continue our podcast. Before we begin our next segment, we would like to have a little fun with our viewers and have our hosts list their favorite actors in film, as well as their favorite ca- movie
1: characters. Let's go, Mitch. You're up first. Let's hear it.
0: Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it. So obviously this is a very heavily baited topic yep. among moviegoers such as Evan and myself yeah, and is. Jacoby. Uh, today we're going to list our top five movie characters.
1: Top Starting, five, top five. Top
0: five, top five. Starting with number one. No. Nope, number, number five. Can you read? Excuse no, me, probably. Evan. So Starting with read. number five. We're going to go with Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Played by Christopher oh, Waltz. Think... Unbelievable villain in the movie. Is he a villain though? That's the question we're going to be trying to answer today, folks. Number four, Adonis Creed. All right. I'm a big fan of the Creed franchise. Edivan, I know you are too. I'm a
1: fan, but Adon- he's kind of a cheesy character. Well, you know, for our viewers, for of-
0: our of- viewers, probably just Miss Logan, you might be a big fan of the Rocky franchise. I respect that. I also enjoy yep. the Rocky films, but I must say the Creed movies to me have become my own personal Rocky for our generation. Great to run to. I great run to, run to
1: Every other day on the treadmill. I'll the never day. forget
0: going to the theater with the boys and seeing Creed 1 and 2 in theaters. It just makes you want to fight. It does. Cole When I go home, toss the gloves on, in the, unfiltered. In the shower or no? <laughs> unfiltered. More on that later. Number three, Gargoyle is my favorite superhero of all time, Batman. Bruce Wayne.
1: Batman's not good. Now well, you're, I, I must say I I strike you're more of a Superman
0: guy. I I don't hate Superman. I don't hate Superman. But all everyone knows I'm a huge fan of comics, MCU, yep. DC. Y- I am more a true? DC guy, so I'm leaning true? towards you'd be, Batman. You be
1: reading them every night. I do
0: be reading them every night though. Of doing your English so, homework? So huh? let's just say Batman, Bruce Wayne, right? Wasn't a huge fan of his portrayal by Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer back no. in the seventies and eighties. Massive fan of the 1960s Adam West, Burt Ward, Batman TV series. My father and I DVR him, watch him on TV every night. Cole sometimes joins him. Uh, What about
1: Troy, no? Nope,
0: no Troy. I haven't seen Troy in a while. He never really watches, takes part in those family shows with us. Now, the 1960s Batman TV series, unbelievable. Adam West, God rest his soul. Um... Great portrayal looks a lot like my uncle Bruce uh Bruce Wayne, by the same name, of course, now was he named Christian him? Bale did the character justice really brought Batman back from uh in a deep hole he was in fun fact when it was announced that Michael Keaton was going to be playing Batman, uh fifty thousand fans sent letters to the director really? and signed fifty k signed a petition. Uh, saying they did not want Keaton to destroy the role, which Keaton did an all right job. But 50K, Christian Bale, was, something unbelievable about Christian Bale. Actually, he's a British actor. Uh, he's in some of my favorite movies. You'll hear about him more in my favorite actors list. Very no overrated. spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler Once alert. But in the game Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, does a great job in the, the Prestige and American Psycho. He really doesn't. As he as does a British him. actor, you can see in the Prestige. He's he's, he's a British actor. But he actually suppresses his uh, British accent as every British as Batman do. as Bruce Wayne as all, they all also do.
1: like in all American you know of course.
0: also in the interviews that he has that he had for the Dark Knight Trilogy, Christian Bale actually chose to speak in his English uh, voice and suppress his British accent because he understood just how important and how cultural of a character that Batman was, but he didn't want the American viewers to... I mean, I didn't even know he's British until like a few years ago. He didn't want the American viewers to know that he was actually had a British accent and that their beloved Batman was being played by a Brit. Obviously, not a big deal. Um, I love the British, but uh, more on that later on.
1: Lived up, lived in Britain for a little while. She time. did.
0: She did. Uh, unbelievable. So... Where are we now? That was number three. Batman, of course. Christian Bale. Um, excellent point. Wasn't a huge excellent. fan of Ben Affleck's portrayal, but I'm very excited for Robert Pattinson. Uh, as someone who read the Twilight books and watched the movies, which we can talk about that in our movies and literature, the corresponding literature segment. Yeah, excellent segment. I definitely believe that Robert Pattinson, a lot of potential. Number two, gotta go with Marty McFly. Just I recently watched the love Back to the Future trilogy. Huge fan of Michael J. Fox's portrayal of M- Marty McFly. Now... I believe that his character connects with, what Evan? You think our whole generation, every generation of
1: teenagers, really? You I mean? I mean, except for those eighties kids. You know? I mean,
0: Evan. Well, it did come out in the eighties, so of, of course, Evan. I gotta ask you: if you had time machine, if you had that yeah. DeLorean, where are you going? I'm going
1: to Cancun. Cancun? Wait. Uh, to visit my uncle. What? What year? Any year? Um, he he lived there in forty five, I think forty five and forty six. Forty He Yeah, mm. a house na- on the beach. Hmm. And it got destroyed in a rainstorm, so he had to move back to Boston where he lives in Norfolk Mass with me now. He lives in the basement of the stevens Ham family sorry house. Sorry to hear that, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, he's cooking dinner for us, so it's okay.
0: I know all your viewers are wondering where you would go with the DeLorean. You're probably wondering where I, Mitch <laughs> Breen, del- would go with the DeLorean. I mean,
1: I was wondering it, but I already know.
0: I mean, obviously, I've, I've had this thought several times, you know, I mean, if I were to go back in time, I wouldn't want to mess up my parents' marriage or anything, or how they met, as Allah in the movies, Ooh. but, uh, I would... uh,
1: hey, you know how, you know what that kind of connects to? What? The Wizards of Waverly Place movie?
0: Wizards of Waverly Place movie, yes, yes, it does, <laughs> you know what oh, about. when Alex became the family wizard, yep. that's a good Great. one, I Evan, it's a good one, all right, before I give my heavily anticipated number one, I'm gonna throw out some honorable mentions for you guys, let's hear them, Doc Brown, From Back to the Future as well, Dr. Emmett Brown, also known as The Doc, uh, one of my favorite scenes when uh, when Doc goes into the past but is struck by lightning. And Marty is like, no, where is he? And then right at that moment, he gets a letter in the mail from a mailman. And it says, do not open until 70 years after. And he opens the letter, and it's from The Doc, who's in the Wild West. An iconic scene where Marty McFly yells, he's alive! He's in the Wild West, but he's alive! Great. Oh, unbelievable. Sh- send send you shivers. You be an actor
1: in the future, May- right? Hopefully
0: someday, Evan. Hopefully someday. Another honorable mention, Tony Stark. Let me tell you. I mean, that's
1: I- probably, you know. I
0: yeah. mean, you, you know me. as a huge fan of the MCU. Uh, Tony Stark's yeah, you transformation. Do
1: have, you do have the Iron Man covers on your bed. Oh, of course, Evan. I'm, 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 I'm a little flattered. I am a little that. a little flattered and oh, ashamed that you know that. Cole's been sending me some pictures that night. Oh, of, of course. Together, but- well,
0: uh, Tony Stark's transformation from a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist to yep. savior of the universe when he... Got, um, Dan Thanos, Thanos, and Fanny Gauntlet. Ooh, spoiler
1: alert. You want a fun fact, Mitch? What, Evan? You know, Robert Downey Jr., I actually met him. Oh, yeah? Yep, in, in New York City. New York? Ah, yep. I didn't know it was New York or L.A. It was in New York. Okay. And, okay. yeah, I didn't get a picture with him, but I said hi to him. It was a cool moment That's awesome. in my life. That's probably awesome. next to, yeah, it was probably up there for one of the coolest moments of my life, next Wanna... to probably hitting a home run against Jake Burns. <laughs>
0: Awesome! I'm about to give my uh, final honorable mention Harry Potter uh, Big Potterhead myself Read all the books and movies oh. Also discussed in our uh, yep. Film and the Corresponding Literature segment which, uh, will be, which will be Obviously the boy who lived re- Yeah yeah The boy who lived Game changer in cinema um, If you haven't seen the Harry Potter movies Go check him out Here we are Ladies and gentlemen
1: The number one Number one
0: Can we get one. a Jumbo Burns <laughs> The big, good... the bad,
1: <laughs> Thanos. Oh my god, Thanos. Don't even get me started with Thanos.
0: Thanos is, in my opinion, the
1: greatest character in the MCU. The MCU is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The greatest villain. It's not a universe. No, Why are you CCC giving Evan, you an acronym? The greatest
0: villain of the 21st century. How is it? A, how oh, is... That's, that's the thing. Is he a villain?
1: Evan? <laughs> <is> See, you <laughs> that?
0: thank you. His entire goal was to help the universe. He understood. He understood, right? He had to eliminate half the population so that the half could survive. It was a small price to pay for salvation. That's a quote. Now, one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema is, is that the, closing is... shot in Infinity War. When Thanos has completed the snap, he's gathered all six Infinity Stones, completed wow, the snap. Wow, aren't you
1: original Mitch with that ha- favorite scene, huh? The snap? The famous snap? Not,
0: no, not the, not the I... snap. Not the snap. Oh, what is
1: when it When Thanos
0: then? goes to his home planet, his new planet... What's it called? Foreshadowed. What what's it called foreshadowed. Foreshadowed earlier in, in the film. All right. Foreshadowed earlier oh, not in the film. Uh, when Thanos says, when they ask him, when Doctor Strange asks him, "What will you do once the snap is complete?" He says, "And then I will rest and watch the sun rise on a grateful universe."
1: A little foreshadowing because that's exactly what he does. Just an hour later. Just, all right. Just a quick uh, interruption here. We mentioned Doctor Strange. Yes. What were your thoughts on that movie? Because I saw it. I might have seen it with you. I was literally on my phone the whole time. It was so bad. Really? I mean... No plot. I love al- Doctor Strange, Too many course, colors at once.
0: Heavily anticipating the second one. But we'll talk about that later, Evan. Yeah. So, in that closing port scene where Thanos is watching the sun rise on a griefful universe, you can't see it? But that little smile on his face, I mean, that just resonates with me. Uh, his coal, his entire existence was complete. He could finally rest. Unfortunately, of course, it was disrupted later on by Thor, yeah. who... who, who Wait, th- don't even get me big topic on Thor. Thor flies in, of course, chops off his head, which was foreshadowed, a little literary device, earlier Thor when... Excuse me, Evan. He's foreshadowed when Thanos says, you should have gone for the head. Of course, Thor goes for the head, setting up the uh, rest of the plot for Endgame, which... Of course, it is one of the greatest movies. It really isn't
1: because why would a would a superhero like Thor be in Endgame? Because he's just so irrelevant. He doesn't belong on the big screen. I'm going to say it again. Thor, all the Thor movies. How many movies are there that make up uh, to the, the lead-up to Endgame?
0: 21. 22 is the final movie. 22 movies, ladies and How many Thor's are there? There are three. Thor, through a Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah.
1: Thor, all those movies, right? They belong on the list of movies that don't belong on the big screen. Those well, movies... Endgame was fancier. I, 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 I can agree. You... Endgame was far from perfect. Well, I'm, th- I'm also talking about Thor here. We got, in that list, we got movies such as Rango, Happy Feet, Mission Impossible, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh. Just awful movies that don't even deserve to get, like, to be, for people to see. Mm. I, rumor has it, people go blind watching How to Trade Your Dragon. Mm. That's how possibly, bad it is.
0: Possibly, possibly. Evan, before we go more into this uh, Thor discussion and uh, our favorite scenes, I'd like you to give your top five movie characters. yeah, right, you would, please. Hey,
1: I'll, take, I'll take the wand here, Mitch. Um, so I'm going to go bold here with a number five. Number five has to be Topper from Outer Banks. My boy Top. He- Every time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Somebody say that. um Topper really spoke to me. You know, he might be the rich kid on campus, like you know, a little burnsy over here. But um, he means well in the end. He sacrifices his life for my boy John B. Shout out John B. Yeah, John B. Jo- John B. John Booker utlich my boy. Um, yeah, everyone follow him on Insta. All but right. um, other than that, yeah, th- that's. Number four, have to do it. Probably. Jackie Robinson.
0: Played by Chadwick Boseman in 42. Yep. Now, Evan, I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, because, you know, did you know, Chadwick Boseman is also in. Say it for me.
1: Black Panther. One Black of gra- Panther. One of the greatest of superhero movies ever.
0: Black Panther, great movie. Jackie
1: Robinson in 42. 42 was one of my favorite movies. I love baseball growing up. You know, um 42 was just awesome. Awesome, awesome film. You. you know.
0: We could Evan, I can tell you right now, we can do an entire separate segment of our favorite sports movies. Yeah, easily. easily.
1: I had to put in 42 in there because it's it's up there with Miracle. Is it? It's just a great story. like, it's just awesome. I love Where do you
0: put Remember the Titans?
1: Remember the Titans is number three. Watch okay, that in Foundations awesome. class with of Mrs. Course. Spinelli. I, that I'm wasn't past. the first time I saw it, but we weren't in the same class, by the way. But um, yeah. Um, Remember the Titans up there. I'm just gonna give one more sports movie: Dodgeball, The Underdog Story. Not really a sports movie, just.
0: I'm gonna ask my dad for his favorite sports movie. Can just, just
1: a, just a, just a great film all, of all time. But yeah, well, yeah, I love 42. Top three movie in my opinion of all time. Um, number
0: two.
1: No, number three. Number three. Number three has to go probably to Dewey. Dewey is from Malcolm in the Middle. He plays the role of the little brother. I can relate to that, you know, growing up in a household with uh, three siblings, including me. You know, walk downstairs on a Sunday morning. You know, turn on the box television that we had. Might be parental locks on the channel, but you know, I know the password. Forty nine was the password. Um, turn on the Don't think
0: that, viewers. No leaks.
1: And just watch Malcolm in the Middle. Love the show. Get a bowl of Frosted Flakes and a little chocolate milk. Just, just memories I always, always have, you know. But, um, yeah, so that's number three. Number two, number two? Number two. My girl Katniss Everdeen.
0: Awesome. Unbelievable.
1: Katniss is played by the one and only J-Law. Not J-Lo, J-Law. You know, we
0: already touched up on Katniss Everdeen in our, uh, Films in their yes. literature segment.
1: You know I, I really spoke upon How Katniss changed the game In that segment So I'm, I'm just gonna Tackle it a little more here Let's
0: hear some honorable mentions Before we get to number
1: one huh Yeah we can do some Honorable mentions number, Obviously we got Johnny Of course Johnny Test From Car- Cartoon Network He you know
0: He you knows how to finish an episode right
1: I'll Yeah, yeah. Know. <laughs> Definitely knows how to finish an episode Number Another honorable mention I have to go with Clay from 13 Reasons Why. <laughs>
0: okay, okay.
1: Um, okay, okay, okay. As one of my favorite shows.
0: Oh, I'll, Barney Simpson, Evan.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll Simpson get on that. Guy. Clay from 13 Reasons Why. Very, I started watching it in maybe middle school. I'm still watching it till this day. That's how you know it's a good show. Just great character development. The kid really knows how to deal with things. And he, he's one of my favorites i'm a big netflix guy and a big a big supporter of the netflix originals you know
0: yes of course so all right thank you for those honorable mentions Here can, go. i got one
1: more honorable mention oh, yeah, one more. and it has to be i think i'm gonna have to say i think i'll do it um probably obi-wan kenobi
0: Obi-Wan, huh?
1: I mean, this shouldn't be an honorable mention. It should be number one. Like, maybe it was previously in my time. But Ob- as one of the biggest Star Wars fans on the face of, I wouldn't say, I'd say the United States. In the United States. um, I just love Obi-Wan. You know, he captures every... Every
0: uh... every element of the Star Wars yes. universe, to be honest. Yes. Well,
1: you know, you know, something i Obi Wan Kenobi Mitch. That
0: that bond. Right? Oh, are you are you, you trying to speaking of the paternal bond between Luke and? Yeah, ben, I'm talking about that. Luke but and Ben Kenobi. But
1: I don't. You...
0: Well, do you feel that bond with you and your father?
1: I don't feel that bond though. It's I feel that bond between Obi Wan and you know his father more, more of a. A teacher to student bond, you know, more of a guidance, more of a life. It is true, Evan. The Padawan always becomes the, the, the Jedi. Pa- yeah, except for Thor because he is one of the worst characters in all of m- in in cinematic history.
0: That's interesting. You bring Thor back into this conversation, Evan. That before you even to the number one, I we'll want to hold off on that. I guess. Yeah. So, so why would you say that? Because I believe Thor seems to some of the most powerful in the MCU and even in cinema. To be honest,
1: Thor is one of the biggest outcasts in cinematic history. As okay. I s- the He's an outcast.
0: I do believe Thor has lived his life as an outcast. You know, you know who, from Asgard, an alien planet. He yeah. Comes to Earth.
1: Just like, you know, Thor. You know who he reminds me of. Who? <laughs> he reminds me of. He reminds me of Ron Weasley. Well, I said it, That's Ron a Weasley. Comparison, Ron Weasley, you know, in
0: in source for a son In source for a of
1: course. No, not Lord of the Phoenix, you know. No, no. Or not even the Goblet of Fire. Mm, maybe the mm, Goblet of Fire. Maybe the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. But, um,
0: Rip. Rip Cedric Diggory, for all you Goblet of Fire fans. Yeah, Cedric Diggory. He was
1: a good man. Great man. Um, uh, shout out Hufflepuff if you, for those.
0: Now, Evan, I must say, in those scenes, all right, you're talking about, in, in the scenes in end the endgame, some of my favorite scenes, I'll never forget. Let me tell you why Endgame is one of my favorite movies of
1: all time. Right? All right. I t- you
0: know the lead-up. You know the lead-up to it. The build-up. Right? Like, the build-up is one the of the most up-
1: overrated build-ups of all time. It's like when you're waiting for Game of Thrones, the new season of Game of Thrones come out. Everyone knows, it, thinks it's going to be good. But, Evan, oh, the really last up- season of Game of Thrones was one of the... we only really
0: have time for a four-hour podcast. We can't be talking about Game of Thrones in this, all right? Yeah. Say that for the, for the next one. All right. You remember a back to the end of Infinity War. All right? Snaps. Thanos has snapped, all right? Snap. Half the universe... It's uh, gone. The Avengers are just disbanded.
1: There's no hope, all right? There there is. I leave there. that theater? How is there no hope though?
0: I leave that theater? How is there because no everything is gone.
1: But every, you know the Avengers are coming Everything everyone every, you you, you know they're coming back. That's why it's one of the just most Just like LeBron. Time. You know they're coming back. All <laughs> right? Not like LeBron. LeBron's a different story. More like uh, more like uh, I mean
0: Thanos did blow a six-ring
1: lead. Thanos I mean I mean you can't you just can't keep that fact. Thanos to LeBron. Thanos is more like a Like, uh, Adam Sandler and Grown Ups. Adam
0: Sandler Grown Ups, okay.
1: Like, um, I'm gonna leave the pack. Yeah. Cause a little trouble. Okay, yeah. It's gonna be a good time. Of course. So, that's how...
0: I'm liking these little, uh, Stephen yeah. A., Max Clemmer vibes we're getting here, so <laughs> I think, I think let's, let's keep on riding this train all the way through to back to the station. So, uh, no, before we get to number one, let's talk about Endgame a little more. Some of my favorite scenes in Endgame.
1: Yeah, what all are right.
0: they? Well... You wanna know mine? Yes. None of
1: it, because I literally left in the middle of it to go get a piece of pizza.
0: All right, before I get my favorite scene... That's how bad Endgame was. That sounds like your own problem. Before I get my favorite scene, we'll hear your number one, and then I'll get my favorite scene.
1: All right, so coming at number one for favorite characters. characters. Not actors, characters. I'm going to have to go with the one on the Ron Burgundy, of my favorite movie, as you probably know. Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. It speaks for itself. The movie's named after him. It is. You can't go wrong with a movie named after someone. You don't see... Can you I hear don't. Like, can I hear you that? don't see going Endgame featuring Thanos like.
0: Can I hear his catchphrase? His catchphrase. Stay
1: classy, San Diego.
0: Awesome, unbelievable every time. Music to my ears.
1: Yeah. All right, alright.
0: That cast too unbelievable.
1: All right, well, Mitch. So I, I that I got my number one, and I'm gonna how. The the when you saw End Game, the build up to it, right? Yeah, the build up. The week of it, I remember in Spanish class. You remember, I was you remember you're, my, my tickets. You were ordering, you were ordering tickets in Spanish class. We were all making fun of you, and we're like, "Is this kid serious? He just came off a torn ACL. Is he? Is he really gonna order these tickets? Of course he is.
0: I mean, you know I am. Uh, I remember that week going to lacrosse practice. That whole week was just End Game week yeah. to me. I mean, that was, jeez. Oh, I could say ten years of my life, my childhood, right there, building up to that one movie, unbelievable.
1: So everything just that whole day just felt like, felt like a dream. It, it how how did you how did uh, how did you feel though when uh, and when Thanos uh, you know well R I P. All
0: right, no spoilers. Actually, the spoiler ban is lifted. It's been two years. If you haven't seen it, spoilers coming. But I mean, ever let me tell you that final battle. When I hear that, Avengers Assemble, I still get goosebumps. I mean...
1: But does Cole get goosebumps? That's a real question. Well,
0: I mean, obviously, Miss Logan, you are aware. I mean, Cole and I do share a bed. So, you, you know that Cole does feel those goosebumps when we watch Endgame every night before we go to sleep. Every night. Every night before we go to sleep. <laughs> every every just like, to just sleep. like how you,
1: you read the comics with them with a little flashlight. Well, I'm yeah. Go I mean,
0: you guys... Comics. I mean, everyone knows I'm a big fan of the comics as well, which I know we already talked about movies and corresponding literature, but if we were talking about movies and their corresponding comic books, I it must... Would be a totally different story. Well, but... I must say that the Infinity War in the comic books was actually based <laughs> off of Daniels was attempting to win over death, the goddess of death, which is which was what motivated him. While in the movies it was just for um like peace and uh, and end of starvation and and kinda end like, of all that
1: kind of like uh Forrest Gump's... gums. Yes. But right.
0: one of my favorite, and one of my favorite scenes is when uh of course Captain America caught Thor's Winter hammer. Your soldier? Nope, not a soldier. Captain America. When Steve Rogers, he caught Thor's hammer. When he lifted Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. All right. That Brought here tear to my eye, Evan. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I mean, just simply unbelievable. I think those scenes will stay with me forever. I mean, can you name anyone else who could lift Thor's hammer?
1: I mean, Rich upstairs might be able to. You think? Uh, my,
0: I can name two people. Thor, Captain America. That's the list.
1: You know who I can name? Who, Do Dewey.
0: Do we all right? We're moving we on. Decimals. Now that we have our five favorite characters, we're gonna go to our top two or maybe three movie actors. I'm gonna start with my number three, Christopher Waltz. Uh, are, we going, are we going back and forth on
1: this one? Yes. Yes, we will.
0: Christopher Waltz. Uh, big in Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained, as well as Spectre. Um. Obviously, uh, he's a uh, very passionate actor always plays a great villain or hero um a few other honorable mentions before i hit my two and one uh michael b jordan in creed black panther and fruitville station and ryan gosling in la la land drive and the big short uh i'm gonna have to give all right here we go number two i already talked about him a lot i won't go into in depth but uh christian bale dark knight trilogy american (laughs) american psycho the big short the prestige four v ferrari Christian Bale. Ford v
1: Ferrari. Christian Bale is one of Are the you most. About Ford v Ferrari.
0: Not yet. Christian Bale is one of the most incredible actors of our generation. I mean, his transformations. Do you know that Evan? Do you know that he lost when when he he had to lose sixty pounds for his role in The Machinist, right? 60, 60, 60 pounds. pounds. And right. then and then he gained a hundred pounds back to play Bruce Wayne, a buff Bruce Wayne, for Batman for The Batman Begins, and that was with, that was in like. Like hundred eighty days of each other. All right. Unbelievable. And then it, he gains even more weight for his uh, role in Vice. All right. All right. So he's a gritty actor. He's
1: a gritty actor.
0: Let's hear your uh, yeah, your so, second
1: actor of all time. Um, I got three, uh, three. Um, so number three has to be Charlie Wright. All right. Charlie um, is deceived as one of the more favorable characters in the Diary of Wimpy Kid trilogy. Actually. Um people may know him as not my Roderick. He
0: he's certainly not mine. <laughs>
1: um he is very good. He he just brings joy to my uh face when I saw him on the big screen, you know, as a big fan of this the series. So that's all I'm gonna go into on um
0: right, I'd like to pause for a second just uh viewers remember a few minutes ago we were talking about sports movies. Uh I told you I would text my dad, asking yes. his sports sports movie. As a he's a big movie connoisseur. He's a big movie connoisseur himself. He said Rocky Okay. All right. old Durham. Really? Well, yes. The classic. The classic. Oh. Unbelievable. All right. Back oh. to you,
1: Evan. Back to all right. You. So, i uh,
0: your favorite actor of all time? Right now.
1: Well, I got an honorable mention. Of course. It right. has to be Taylor Lautner.
0: Taylor Lautner.
1: From the... From Tla- Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Yes. From the prestigious Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Yes. The film was on Disney Channel. It was. But, um, was it? Yeah, I think It was. Um, great movie, but Twilight Zone, Twilight series, you it's know. Tried,
0: not Twilight Zone. I love the Twilight Zone.
1: Well, yeah, I kind of thought that was the same thing, but yes, yes. yeah, Christian Lautner, one of my, you know, I used to dream to be Shark Boy, and yeah, so um, yeah,
0: I, I was dreaming more to be Lava Girl, but that's another discussion. That's
1: your problem there. Um, my number one. I got a second actually. I got a second.
0: You want me? Brad Pitt.
1: Brad pitt. i love brad pitt brad world Dick war Canada. z uh-huh he's in many films <laughs>
0: yeah the big short fight club i'm a big fight club. I'm you a... Know, fun fact i actually had tyler jordan in my initial list for favorite movie characters of all time i took him out but
1: big fan of fight club he's also in fury oceans 11 mr and Steel. mrs smith troy troy not troy breen oh like, how am I forgetting about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? How am I forgetting about that?
0: I mean, I was going to touch upon it, obviously. Uh, Spoiler alert! Yeah. My favorite actor. If you want to toss the uh, Oh yeah. I'll uh, yeah. hate you with it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my number one favorite actor of all time. It's pretty generic, but we're going to to go with the man, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, the god amongst men. Uh, Some of my favorite films with Leo, Wolf of Wall Street, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Revenant, Django Unchained, Shutter Island, unbelievable plot twist in that one. Inception, Great Gatsby, The Departed. Honestly, Evan, I don't think Leo's ever had a bad movie. I know Miss Logan, I know Miss Dugius is not a fan of Leonardo DiCaprio. She's told me multiple times she hates Leonardo DiCaprio. I think... I think Miss Logan might not like Leonardo DiCaprio. But I'm a big Leo guy. Uh, I think he's one of the greatest actors of our generation. I mean, so thrilled if he that. got his Oscar. Yeah, I
1: mean, you're not really an original for that one. But I got an original right, for my favorite. Hear it? The one and only Danny DeVito at number one. Ah. Danny DeVito. Just a, just a great actor. You might know him from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a show. But he's also in... Movies such as Space Jam, which ranks one above for my favorite actors of all time. I mean, movies of all time. Sorry for that.
0: You know, he was the one who had the game winning assist to Michael Jordan in Space Jam. Yeah,
1: so he he is. So Space Jam is one of my top five favorite movies. Right. I'd put it right below 42. 42, okay. One of my uh, favorite. Uh,
0: I think we're going to wrap up this segment. Uh, I hope the audience has enjoyed this little, how can we say, little entertainment form. you know. Um, with that being said, Evan, I think we'll move on to our next segment.
1: Yes.